0: God, our King of kings, oh, we love you, we love you, oh, fall afresh, fill us, Lord, oh, thank you for your presence, thank you for your anointing, oh, God, that we may be filled up to overflowing capacity right now, even in this moment, that you can pour out your Spirit, Lord, on all flesh, that we may go out into all this world and have the capacity to make disciples of all nations from the overflow of what you have done for each one of us in our lives. In our hearts we praise you we thank you, we thank you, we love you. Continuation of our worship, with Apostle Di is going to share with us now. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that's
1: better. It's my pleasure to share communion with you this morning. You know, there's something about uh, you know having a meal with someone that bonds you together. And I believe we're gonna see a bonding take place as we take communion this morning. I'm gonna take my message from Hebrews 12, verse 26. Uh, and, And it says at this time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And the words once more indicates the removing of everything that can be shaken. That is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. I think we've all been experienced some of this shaking, haven't we? You know, we every marriage, every business, ministries. I, thank you. We have been shaken, but we are being shaken for a purpose. Verse 28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us worship God with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. You you know, we've just done that, haven't we? You know, the the worship we were in. We worship Him in reverence and awe. Our God is a consuming fire. So let us praise God and see God's opportunity to produce a miracle in, in our trials, in our betrayals and disappointments. We, we have choices, don't we? You know, it's not what happens to us in life that destroys us. It's how we respond to what happens that destroys us. And uh, we have choices. We can count it all joy and praise God or we can complain. You know, it's, it seems to be a, a thing I found out, uh, in Australia, just like I did in England, you know, we're nations of knockers, aren't we? We come and complain all the time. Well, I I read this uh, phrase, and I want to bring it this morning, and and it says complaining is to the devil what praise is to God. You know, when you grasp hold of that, you don't speak as much. You know, because we don't want to, we don't want to press Satan, do we? But our complaints, our murmuring, just and that's what happened to the children of Israel in the desert. You know, they they did the complaining, they did the murmuring, uh, and it kept them out of the promised kingdom. I just want to follow on a little bit from what Pastor Gary taught and did last week. You know, the all the complaining, the murmuring. I believe that that's all part of the old (laughs) wineskin. You know, we want want to move in the new wineskin, don't we? In Philippians 2.12, it says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is within us to will and act His good purposes. I love that one. So it says, do everything without complaining. So I looked up a few more words that would be the same as complaining. It means murmuring and grumbling. It means being grumpy. You know, I was bringing this word to Koreans uh, in the mission, uh, and I made a joke of it, you know, our jokes. You know, this morning I decided that I would leave grumpy in bed, you know. (laughs) Uh, and of course, the pastor who's uh, at the side of me, you, you know, going to pray for me, he said to me, Diane, I thought you were sick. <laughs> uh, different different, uh, uh, different, different uh, nations, different jokes, they don't always work, do they? I found out it was being irritable and crabby, uh, bad-tempered and loud-mouthed. Difficult, unreasonable, and aggressive. Quite a few here, isn't there? I've left a few out, actually. Disab- disagreeable or grudging. Uh, you know, when you, when you really bring it and expound it, as the Amplified often does, I think it's time to uh, send that crash into the floor as well as we think about that. It says, do everything without complaining or arguing. That shine like stars in the universe as we hold out the word of life i, I love that shine like stars complaining puts a light out and if you get with a group of people that you know let's have a done somebody done me wrong song you know we all have something to complain about the older i get the more i seem to have to complain about it. but I've decided that i'm going to walk in the new <laughs> you know new wine and new wine wineskins so in 2 corinthians 6:11, this is paul speaking and he said i have spoken freely to you corinthians uh, open wide your hearts we are not withholding our affection from you but you are withholding yours from us as a fair exchange i speak to you as my children open wide your hearts also. Uh, And and of course, uh, we do, we get offended, don't we? You know, Paul had said, I'm coming to visit, but then the Holy Spirit said, you know, I want you to go there instead. You know, part of the new wineskin is listening to the voice of the Lord, and sometimes it doesn't quite fit uh, with other voices. And I'm not, I'm not advocating rebellion at all, but what I'm saying is, he couldn't go because the Holy Spirit forbade him. And they got really offended because he said he would go and then he didn't. So he's saying, so I'm sharing with you. Why don't you open your hearts wide also? You know, don't let these offenses close our hearts towards each other or towards anybody. And in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. You know, I always thought that was remember what he did. But I found out it's remembering what he's doing now. And also remembering what he's gonna do in the future. It's all written down, isn't it? Some of the things he's gonna do in the future. So let us partake of the bread together and remember him. When he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is a cup of a new covenant in my blood. So do this whenever you drink it in remembrance. So let us drink together and remember. Father, we want to thank you that you've made everything available to us that we can fulfill fulfill our call, our commitment. So Holy Spirit, come in power. Come in power and refill us today we would want to be baptised in the Holy Spirit and in fire. So that's my word for you today, and I pray that uh, it will make a
0: change in the way we respond to the things of life. Amen, amen. Thank you, Apostle I, for blessing us with the Word of God, which never fails, never fails. Hallelujah. And I just want to uh, invite everyone, everyone to come to our church dinner this Friday night. We're going to be having a Shabbat blessing and it's going to be like a potluck dinner and so far we've got 24 people coming. So how exciting is that? So if you haven't yet um, rsvp just let me know. Um, Yeah, and we'll set a table for you going to be a wonderful time. It's a time of unity. It's a time of blessing for us and for our families. Many of us are believing for our children and our parents, aren't we, and relatives to to come into salvation. And from us and through us, each family represented in the Refinery Life Church congregation, you can expect the blessing to flow in your marriage And through your children as we come together in unity and share that lovely time together Mm. hallelujah so now that's enough from me i'm going to pass over to pastor gary thanks gary amen
2: good morning Good morning. good morning good morning good morning good morning we do have a couple of other little announcements I'm going to do them now, so we don't forget them at the at the end. Auntie Patty had a birthday through the week, so happy birthday, Auntie Patty! And there's something else big happening today. It's Nick and Sue's 25th wedding anniversary today. Let us pray a blessing over you guys. You can come out, or you can stay there if you like. It's up to you. 25 years married in this day and age is a big thing, right? This is what God wants to see. So Lord, we thank you for the covenant of marriage. Reach your hands out, guys. We thank you for the covenant of marriage because you gave it to us. We thank you for this wonderful couple who even on their 25th wedding anniversary are here serving you. Anyone notice that, that they were here serving this morning? Many people would say, oh, no, we will miss church. Thank you for their hearts, Lord. Thank you for the hearts, Lord. Lord, we pray that there's even more than 25 years more coming. How's 50 sound? Will that work for you? <laughs> Lord, we thank you for this couple. We pray as they go on a holiday at the end of this week that they are truly blessed in your name. Lord, continue to cover them, continue to bless them, continue to use them, Lord. And set them as examples within the body of Christ. What marriage looks like, what being a mother and a father looks like in the body of Christ. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful couple. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. What, a, what an awesome thing. 25 years married. And come to church on that morning. I love that. I love that. Daniel, there's a word here for you. It's in Isaiah 54. You've heard it before, I'm sure. 54:17. But no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. This peace, this righteousness, this security, this triumphs over opposition. It's the heritage of the servants of the Lord, those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me. This is which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. Let me encourage the prophets in the house this morning. If you've got a word for young Daniel sitting at the back there today, give it to him. I've met with Daniel twice this week. He's looking for a word. I encourage you prophets in the house. You know who you are. Includes you, Gordy. If you get a word for Daniel today, please give it to him. don't need to run it past me first, I trust you all. What a week. Those who were at the prayer meeting yesterday would have heard, actually Thursday evening as well, at the, the worship and leadership gathering, teaching, would have heard that someone we've been praying for, where Amanda works, accepted the Lord as Saviour. Prayer works, right? Prayer works. That young lady will be here to watch Wendy get baptised. Is that next week? Next week. So if you know anyone else that wants to be baptised, next Sunday morning is the time. Just out here, there's a nice little beach. We've done a few baptisms there, haven't we? It's been good. So encourage them to come. But pray for the others that are watching next week that they want to get baptised as well. If anyone remembers when Arnie Patty was baptised, those young guys that were sitting on the jet skis didn't have a chance. She was preaching to them. She could have baptised herself. It was so exciting. <laughs> so let me encourage you. Keep praying this week. I want to baptise more than one person next Sunday morning. Have I missed anything? I think that's it. Can we pray the Lord's Prayer before we go any further? Because when Jesus, when the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray, this was the response, wasn't it? This is the model prayer. We don't really need anything else. He said, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's his kingdom. It's his power. It's his glory. It's actually got nothing to do with us. We're just the tools that he uses. Praise the Lord for that because if you're anything like me, you'd mess it up every single time. So we let him do it. And we're not going to break anything today, even though there's a glass of water here. The only thing we're going to break is strongholds. And the chains that are holding you back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Pastor Amanda's excited about that. I think Sue's excited. No one else wants to be set free today? Hmm. So we're going to start a series today on, the sh- on stewardship. And it's titled, What Giving Does for You? And we're not just talking about money. Remember one of the strongholds, one of the old wineskins we broke last week was I don't need to tithe, the church only needs my money. So it's not just about money. Isn't it interesting when you preach a message of breaking the old wineskins that there's less people in church the following week? Anyone notice that? Do you you think we might have upset some of the old wineskins? Let's pray them back in. Let's pray them back in as a new wineskin. I find that quite amazing. You preach a challenging message. The old adage is if if the car park's full, you're probably not preaching the word of God. It's probably right when it comes to that, isn't it? So the Bible teaches the concept of stewardship. We all agree on that? And that stewardship is which we're supposed to be responsible to God for all that we are and all that we have. To be truly responsible we must not only graciously receive which some of us find hard, me included, but we must also generously give. So today we're going to talk about are you living for trash or treasures? Are you living for what the world loves which is really just worldly rubbish? Or are you living for treasures in heaven? Let's pray for offering before we go any further. If you're watching online... The details will be on the bottom of the screen. We pray for our offering every single week. If you're here, the giving boxes are on the side. We've got FPOS, so you can tap and go. It's the easy way to sew. If you'd like to do that, Pastor Amanda will be able to help you out, I'm sure. So Heavenly Father, we come today to bow down before you in worship. We recognize you not only as the source of our life, but as the sustainer of our lives. If you've got your seed there, hang on to it as we pray. Let's make sure it's blessed. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings that we make, or sorry, the blessings that make physical life possible. But we also thank you for the nourishing of our spiritual lives. We come today to thank you for the privilege of working and earning an income. From our earnings, Lord, we come to bring our taruma or our first fruits and our tithes to express our gratitude and at the same time express our concern for others. Bless these gifts to the end, Lord, that we will worship you in spirit and in truth and practice love towards one another. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. We've, we've got to worship in spirit and truth. We've got to practice love towards one another. We've got to start breaking those old wineskins, because they're not going to be able to hold the new wine. We've got to become the new wineskin. Mm. The text we're concentrating on today is Matthew 6:19 through to 21 talks about laying up treasures in heaven. If you've got your Bible, open it up, but we will have the words on the screen for you. We're doing something different today too, so if you see a slide come up that you can't read, that's okay. We're actually having our scriptures come up in English and in Chinese. We're believing that the Chinese community on the Gold Coast will start coming to the refinery. Therefore, we will put the scriptures in Chinese so they come so, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. That should be a Chinese one. If anyone can read Mandarin, and I've put the page breaks in the wrong place, please tell me if I can't read Mandarin. Verse 20 But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves. Do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Who's ever had a job where they've earned quite a bit of money? People spend their whole lives working and working and working and working to get that thing that they want. And then you know what they do? They do everything they can to protect it so it won't get taken from them. Imagine if you're laying those treasures up in heaven instead. So the scriptures we're going to work through are 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through to 15. It says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed of how he builds on it. You know, Jesus laid the foundation for the church. And then each of us build on it, but we're going to take heed how we build. This church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus as the chief cornerstone. You can read our church constitution. It's very clear. He is the head of this church. Verse 11, "For no other foundation can lay can anyone lay that which was laid which is Jesus Christ? Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, Wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Sometimes feel like you're getting tested. Perhaps the fire is actually testing the work. Have you built with precious stones or gold or silver or have you built with hay? If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. What that's telling us there, even if we build, if we're building on the foundation of Christ, even if we build with hay and it gets burned up we can still be saved we will still be saved isn't that a good thing but isn't it much better just to build out of brick and concrete first something solid have you ever been to an estate auction when someone's died when all their personal items were put up for sale can be a sad and sobering experience, can't it? Someone once said, one person's junk is another one's treasure. And while that might be true, we can't help but observe that there is always a lot of junk when the average person passes away. We've just, in the last couple of days, we we decided to get rid of our big dining table because we, we don't need it. We bought a nice small one. looks beautiful in our house. Then we had to move this big thing down to our storage locker. Today in our building, we've got a hundred and something apartments. They're doing a a rubbish collection and people will be taking furniture down and stuff just to be taken away in skip bins. This should cause each of us to ask the question, am I living for trash? Will the values I live, will the values I live for, have eternal significance? It's a question we need to be asking ourselves: Are what, Is what we're doing for eternal significance? Or is it just to please man, or to please our own desires? Let us today ask ourselves this. Am I living for true treasures or am I living for trash or the rubbish of the world? Many of you know part of my testimony where I used to work for the richest man in Australia at one time. I had more money than I could poke a stick at. I had nice cars. I could pull up at all the the nice hotels in Sydney and the concierge would run out and, Mr Hoban, we're glad you're back. But you know what? I was living for the trash of the world. That $100 note you've got in your pocket is not worth $100. It's worth the paper that it's printed on. Our first point today, Jesus Christ came to save us earthlings for a heavenly life. Pastor Amanda's happy about that. He came to save us for a heavenly life. I'll just preach to you, Pastor Amanda. Is that okay? That's it. He came to save us earthlings for heavenly life. I don't know whether we understand the significance of that. No one's very excited about it. Have we just taken our salvation for granted? God the Creator has given us bodies that are perfectly adapted to this earthly habitat. In this great passage that we're dealing with, the hope of resurrection from the dead, Paul illustrates the power and the wisdom of God. We've got bodies to survive in this earthly habitat. If we try and live in the canal like a fish, it's not going to work, is it? If we go and get those fish at the end of the jetty and bring them in here, they're not going to last very long. We're adapted for the habitat. God gave us all an earthly body that is perfectly adapted to this habitat. Yes, our bodies break down. But they're perfectly adapted to to living on earth. Do you need to go, Sophia? It's okay if you do. Sophia's got a family thing. She's not worried that the preaching is bad or anything. So to depict the wisdom and the power of God regarding our earthly life, Paul used illustrations, didn't he, from botany from zoology and from astronomy. He gave us examples. The plants of the field have a body perfectly adapted for the fruit that is to be produced. What happens if you plant an apple seed? Do you expect a zucchini to grow? So that apple seed is perfectly adapted, right? To grow an apple tree and produce apples. Humans, animals, birds, fish, they all have bodies adapted to their natural habitats. In the realm of astronomy, each star is different and it's perfectly appropriate for its orbit and its place in the universe. Let me tell you, that's no big bang. That's no mistake. Although when you think of it, when God said, let there be light, there probably was a bang, right? Someone switched the light on. When you switch the lights on here in the morning, you can hear it click. Imagine... God saying, let there be light. Everything coming into existence. The wisdom and power of God will provide for believers' bodies perfectly adapted to this heavenly home. Paul declared in 1 Corinthians 15, 42 to 44. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption It is raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor and it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It is sown a natural body and is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. We don't need this fleshy thing when we go to heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm 48 years old and mine's starting to break down already. Praise the Lord that we're not going to need it. The Father God's wisdom and power will make available to us spiritual bodies that are perfectly adapted to heaven. I'm excited about that. (laughs) I don't want to take this fleshy thing with me. The Father God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us live with the values of eternity. You know, we can have kingdom right now. Why do we have to wait until we're dead? We can have it now. The Holy Spirit's here to help us until the day Jesus comes back. By giving us the Holy Spirit, the Father is giving us a present guarantee that we will experience resurrection and that we will live eternal in the heavens. In a house that's not made with hands. That's a guarantee I like. That's a better guarantee than you get than when you go and buy a TV. Isn't it? That we will experience resurrection. I'm looking forward to that day. I don't know about you. When Jesus comes back, whether we're alive or asleep, it doesn't matter. Be like Sally Gordy, come, Amanda, come. How good's that going to be? But then there'll be others that aren't there, won't there? Sort of teaches us that we have a job to do. The second thing today is Christ teaches us to live and work with heaven, always before us. Got to remember, it's not behind us; it's before us. We should be living and working that way. The words of our text are not a gimmick for receiving an offering. The Lord's our provider. (laughs) The Lord is our provider. But what he may be saying to you is, you should give. You should tithe. You should pay your taruma. A lot of people say, well, the church just wants my money and someone else will give. What if that other person's saying, well, but but someone else will give? I'm not even going to dig into that. I'm just going to leave that. In these words, our Lord is seeking to enrich us rather than impoverish us. The Lord always promotes us. He doesn't want us to be impoverished. He doesn't want us working for him and suffering and not being looked after. He wants to improve our lives. He wants to enrich us. And again, that's not always financially. God's not a pauper. Nor is he a thief. He's not a beggar who sits on the footpath begging alms from us. Some of us treat him like that, don't we? God just wants some money. He's not begging. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need to beg from us. As Pastor Shane Cunningham says, he's still sitting on the throne. We checked. It's not for sale. He's still sitting on it. Our gifts do not enrich him. God is interested in our highest possible good in the present as well as in the future. I said it last week or the week before, I think. If you don't like worship and you don't like serving, heaven is going to be a really horrible place for you. Because guess what you're going to be doing 24-7? You're going to be serving him and worshipping him. Now it's up to you what you want to do with that statement. It's not a holiday camp. It's not a cruise ship. The church in this present day has become a cruise ship, but it's actually a battleship. Does anyone remember Pastor Omel's messages on equipping the end-time army? Yes. Just because we finished those a couple of months ago doesn't mean that they're finished. It's ongoing. God is our interest in his highest possible good. Whether we live with the issues And the values of eternity? Sorry, when we live with the issues and the values of eternity, we're going to be richer, both in the present and in the future. If we just changed what we do and did what Jesus did, imagine what the world would be like we've seen some dumb stuff anyone see the election result in victoria how stupid can you be and still breathe how seriously socialism and communism is taking over this world but the church has to stand strong we need to call it out victorians unfortunately you're going to get what you deserve Because we live in a democracy that's how democracy works get ready queensland we have an election coming up not too long from now not too many years from now queen anastasia isn't much better than dictator dan same thing get ready to stand up and fight you know there were pastors in victoria that were put in prison for preaching the word get ready get ready Our third thing today. I'm going to do my best to finish at 11. Try and keep on time this week. Christ wants us to be rich with the riches that do not perish. Let me say that again. Christ wants us to be rich with the riches that do not perish. Excellent. Gordy and Sally, I'll preach to you guys now. (laughs) Christ our Lord wants... He was giving us some excellent financial advice, wasn't he? And spiritual counsel. His concern was not for the gifts that we might give, but instead he was concerned about the location of our hearts. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I'm not too proud to say it, that for many years, money was my God. Money was my God. Think of the things that we do to get it. We'll go without seeing our families. We'll miss seeing our children grow up. We'll, we'll miss dinners with family. We'll, we'll give up everything to get money. You know, money is one of the few things that don't have a DNA, yet will do so much to get it. Is there something not wrong with that. It's possible for you to live all of your life for treasures that will turn out to be nothing but garbage. When your house gets cleaned out, when you die, your children come along and go, I don't want any of that. Take it to the tip. Yet you worked a lifetime for it. And you held on to it so tightly. I said yesterday at our prayer meeting, anyone that was there will confirm this. I had this picture of people praying and their fists are so tight. They're so tight-fisted saying, Lord, I just want that job or that new house or whatever it might be. And the Lord is saying, I want to bless you, but open your hands, let go of what you've already got. Let me bless you. But people are so tight-fisted. They won't let go of it. You can't take it with you. If you saw what it was like a couple of years ago when we sold our six-bedroom house and bought a two-bedroom apartment, it was hard, wasn't it? Like, what do we get rid of? What do we keep? What do we? It's hard. We know what it's like, but we can't be so tight-fisted that we hold on to the old Maybe even hold on to the old wine skin yeah, come on. Yeah, that's it. when God's saying, Open your hands so I can give you something. Yeah, you ever tried to? We see it on a Sunday morning and a Sunday afternoon when we're loading the car or unloading the car. We've got so much stuff. We've got sound equipment, we've got guitar, and you know, heaps of stuff. And we're, we're trying to get down to the car. We've got so much stuff. And then if Amanda says to me, or I say to Amanda, Can you just grab the keys and get the lift? How are you going to do it? Your hands are full. You can't take any more. If the Lord says to you, I, I know you got your arms full, but I want to give you some stuff. I want to bless you. What are you going to do? Are you going to let that stuff go and do what the Lord says? Or are you just going to say, Lord, look, I'm happy with my stuff here. Um, if you can wait a few hours, a few weeks, a few years, a few decades, you can bless me later. I still want to be in heaven you can't take it with you it's just rubbish Ask your, if you're unsure ask your children seriously ask your children we had the discussion just the last few days we were blessed God blessed us big time about 8 years ago we were able to buy the house I grew up in my parents are still there living rent free the place needs some renovations And the discussion was, what do we do with the furniture when, when that time comes, when mum and dad eventually pass, which I'm sure will be a long way away. And our discussion was, we don't want any of their furniture. Ask your children. If, if you've got parents, what do you think about their stuff that they've worked for their whole life? Are you going to throw it out? Chances are you probably will. That's what he's telling us here. Treasures or trash? I'm not saying don't have stuff. I'm not saying don't have nice stuff. The Lord wants to bless us, but don't hang on to it so tightly that he can't bless you with more. Trash is that which is worn out. It's broken. It's worthless. We cannot take earthly treasures into eternity. I'm so looking forward to the day when we all get there. But we can't take any of this stuff with us. These things hold no permanent value. If you've got furniture, even if it's only a couple of years old, try and sell it now. See what it's actually worth. We went through this process two years ago. Great, big, beautiful dining table. Chairs, thousands of dollars worth. Worth a couple hundred dollars, isn't it? Big, beautiful timber desk. I loved my desk. Amanda loved my desk even more than I did. (laughs) Worthless, worth a couple hundred dollars. Hold no permanent value. A house is possibly our best investment. But in the final analysis, the final wash-up, a house has no value for us. Once we're dead and we're in heaven, that house is worth nothing. You're not going to live in it again. In much of the world, a car is considered a necessity. (laughs) When we had our businesses, and just before we sold the businesses and sold the house, we had five vehicles. Five. There's two of us. It's a necessity, but sometimes it's excessive, right? I do miss my bike, though. (laughs) I really do miss my bike. We're not able to take our cars or our Harleys or our jet skis and our boats that we can see going past there with us through the strainer that people call death. We can't take any of it. In our homes we need furniture, but the day will come when that furniture will have no more value than any other rubbish that we toss away. Amen, hey man, that's good preaching today. <laughs> Lord, I pray that there's ears to hear this message. Some people enjoy the luxury of a boat. Man, I miss my boat. I sold it so we could buy our businesses. It's been a tough journey, Sally, I can assure you. I love my boat. But we can't take a boat to heaven with us. We sowed everything we had into the businesses so we could sow those businesses into the church. Because we can't take it with us. You cannot even take one silver coin with you to heaven. You will take nothing. It almost sounds a little bit like Mr. Schwab, doesn't it? You'll have nothing and you'll be happy about it. (laughs) Except we're going to be on the right side. (laughs) You can't take anything with you. Not even one coin. That silver coin will be just like rubbish. Think of heaven. The roads are made of gold. What do you need that silver coin for? You're going to be spending your whole time worshipping and serving anyway. You don't need it. A diamond ring is a beautiful thing. and It's a highly valued thing. But not even the most prized treasures on earth can pass through death to our heavenly homes. They'll be considered that that nice diamond ring that some people like to wear is absolutely worthless. It'll be thrown in the bin. In fact, your children will probably melt it down. (laughs) Or just sell it. Sell it. We've sold gold jewelry before. Get someone to come over and weigh it and see what they'll give you. It's whatever the spot price is that day. It's really worthless. Now, you might have some diamonds in that in that ring. They don't take the, the, the value of the diamonds into it. They'll just give you the gold spot price for the day. You can't take it with you. Enjoy it now. Those diamonds are worth nothing more than that piece of rubbish you threw out this morning before you left the house. It's possible, however, to live for treasures that will last forever, isn't it? Yeah told you what you can't take with you. Let's talk about what you can take. You can take yourself through death to heaven. Your greatest possession is your own personal welfare. You can take your personal spiritual growth with you. Your own personal spiritual growth. The Lord comes back this afternoon. Who's ready? Who has some work to do? That's right. Do you know that you know that you know that if he comes back this afternoon, you're going to heaven? Or are you one of those people, well, I prophesied, Lord, and we cast out demons and we healed the sick? Be gone, I do not know you. Do you know that you know that you know where you're going? You don't need to answer that. We've all probably got some work to do. And I know he's not coming back this afternoon because he's given me way too much work to do and I can't get it all done in that time. You should not have to remain in spiritual infancy. Anyone who's been in the church this year has seen, get ready, get ready, get ready. We're trying to grow you. The message is now, get ready and keep up Because the army is marching. We've preached simple Christianity 101 messages since the birth of this church because it's about preparing the end-time army. It's about getting people ready. It's about bringing reformation back to the church. People want revival. Fantastic. We need reformation first for that to happen. Revival is is an outcome from reformation. And then the revolution comes and get ready for the ride. With the help of the Holy Spirit and by nurturing yourself on the Word of God, nurturing yourself, not Pastor Gary or Pastor Amel or Apostle Di nurturing you, nurturing yourself on the Word of God, you can grow and take that growth to heaven with you. You can take your memory with you to heaven. In Luke 16, we read of the memory of the unsaved man who found himself in torment. Remember what he said? Please go and tell my brothers. Can you imagine finding yourself in hell? That torment? We think we see torment here on earth. I don't want to think about it. If people can remember in hell... Like this man, we can certainly remember when we get to heaven, can't we? Imagine being up there, people coming up to you. <laughs> Nick, thank you. Nick's like, I don't even know you, but you, you, I, you spoke to one of my friends and I got saved because of that. Imagine what it's going to be like. People you don't even know if you've been out on the streets ministering to people, if you've just spoken to your family about the Lord and they've accepted him, imagine what it's going to be like. Heaven will be a party. That's why there's going to be worship 24-7. Today's experiences are tomorrow's memories. Experiences. Experiences. Not today's new car or today's big house. Today's experiences are tomorrow's memories. You can take those whom you've won to Christ with you to heaven. I look forward to it. We've seen it even here on earth. Pastor Amanda, we've both done it, but Pastor Amanda particularly, prays for someone's healing, doesn't see them again for years. And even down in Orange a few years ago, someone comes up to her and says, do you remember me? You prayed for me and I had all these things wrong with me and now look at me, I'm healed. So imagine what it will be like in heaven if that happens here. Because you know when you pray for people for healing or for anything, you often don't see that happen. Because they go on their way and you go on yours. But in heaven. These will be your richest treasures. Your most prized valuables once you enter into eternity. Imagine what Refinery Life Church would be like up there. I can see we've got this building. The worship's awesome because we've got angels. I love it. It's going to be a great time you can take to heaven the service that you've rendered to God and to others I love the fact that Nick and Sue on their wedding anniversary come to church and serve the church serve you guys for the Lord and do it with a smile they're happy I love that Sue's out the front With the flags. We need more of that. Let me encourage you. When we worship, let's worship. Sing, dance, wave flags. Whatever he leads you to do. You can take to heaven the believers that you've discipled. why we do so much discipleship in this church because we want to make sure that people know that they know that they know where they're going and if you're discipled you can then be discipling others right there's something on almost every night of the week actually every night except for Monday and Friday every day there's something on in this church this Friday we've got the Shabbat dinner which I'm, I'm excited that we have the vast majority of the church coming. I know there's some people that would love to be there like Apostle Di, but she's preaching in Korea. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. As we finish up, have you guys got another song? As we finish up, let me ask you the question, what are you living for? What are you living for? Are you living for earthly treasures that someday will have no more value than mere rubbish? Again, ask your children if they want your furniture and all your stuff. Are you living for treasures that are just worthless? Will you go off and leave your treasures behind? I can answer that one for you. The answer is yes. The treasures on earth will be left here. You're not taking them with you. We have the choice. We have a choice of living for true treasures that will have eternal significance or for values that will eventually be considered worthless. Does anyone remember the first iPhone that came out? Does anyone have one still? It's worthless. Try, try selling your iPhone 6 or 7. Right? They're worthless. Lucky to get 100 bucks for them. But what did we do to get those things when they first came out? A lot of them you can't even update anymore. Worthless. Worthless. What will it profit a person if he gains the whole world and loses his life? You can have all the money in the world, You don't know the Lord. What's the point? What is the point? The highest wisdom that any person can use is the wisdom of accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and leader and guide and teacher. Jesus challenges us to live for the true treasures that will be valuable throughout all eternity. He's challenging us to be living for the true treasures that are valuable throughout eternity. I want to encourage you all. It's time to start reading your Bible. If you don't have one, let me know. I'll give you one today. And be diligent with that Bible study time because our God is a redeemer. He's got so much more for us. But many of us just tick the box on a Sunday that we've been to church and then we wait to die to go to heaven. I think it's much better to have kingdom now. I don't even like using the word Christians. It's a bit of a dirty word in the world, isn't it? Isn't it better to be a kingdom person? Live for kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and all this will be added to you. Let's start spending some more time with him. It's when we do, our lives change in amazing ways, don't they? When we spend that time with God, our life will change in amazing ways because He's a Redeemer. Next year, 2023, I absolutely believe, is a year of divine restoration and a year of divine recovery. Everything that's been taken from the Christian church will be handed back, and some. Not every Christian church, some of them it's just a name, but it's a year of divine recovery and divine restoration. That includes health and wealth and everything, family restored, healing restored, those broken bodies restored, those ministers that have been taken out of ministry way too soon restored those Christians that have walked away from the church because they've become an old wineskin, the person not the church will be restored remember we are the church right so it's up to us can't blame the institution it's us When I say us, I'm pointing at me, but I'm actually meaning all of us, including everyone online. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that we are a new wineskin. We thank you, Lord, that we understand that we must live for treasures in heaven. We understand, Lord, that we can't take our stuff with us as we pass through that strainer that is death lord we pray that our wider church family that aren't here today are being blessed we pray lord for simon peter who is in sydney and on his way to the philippines in the next couple of days that he has a safe trip lord we pray for the whole family Lord, we pray for churches in this city that as they shed that old wineskin. I see this. (laughs) It's almost like caterpillars crawling into the cocoon. Anyone who's ready for it is not going to come back out as a caterpillar. They're going to come out as a butterfly. Get ready for it. Lord, we thank you. We thank you in your your glorious, your magnificent name today. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Glorify
3: thy then stand This will love you. be the-
1: want to take this time, you know, as I wrote that word this morning, uh, I really felt that that was what was holding us back, and as we, you know, as we confess those are areas where we have complained, and it says to everything without complaining or arguing, uh, as we shine like stars and hold out the word of life, I, I, I really felt that there are inheritances that we lose because we, we do that. I really felt there was somebody here that had that inheritance that it, it bypassed them and someone else got it. You know, it's not just money. You know, there's a lot of things that we have as an inheritance, especially as Christians, but it passes us by. And uh, I just felt to address that.